This is Eric Zolke, editor of the Population Reference Bureau. Family planning and reproductive health is an important and often overlooked component of poverty reduction. To study this connection further, the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation supported the creation of the POPOV Research Network, a group of academic researchers and funders that examine how population issues affect economic well-being. By studying how population policies can be used for poverty reduction and economic growth, the network aims to increase the interest of these issues within the academic and funding community. Joining me to discuss the POPOV Network and ongoing research on population and poverty reductions is Sarah Symes, Program Director of the Population Program at the Hewlett Foundation. Hello, Sarah. Thank you for uh, joining me today. Um, hello, Eric. It's my pleasure. So what uh, motivated the Hewlett Foundation to invest in this type of effort in the first place? Well, very much the rationale was the one that you already expressed, um, which was that for a woman, her peak economically productive years are the same as her peak uh, reproductive years. And for women in the developing world and poor women around the world, the burden of ill health that they suffer during this period um, is primarily uh, reproduction-related one way or the other. And we felt that there was insufficient knowledge of how exactly those pathways worked between a woman's reproductive health status and the um, poverty level of her household and also how, on an aggregate level, if it were possible to look at the impact of population factors on issues, on, on macro issues of economic growth. And, and where do you think the research, uh, the, you know, the research that's happening right now, where do you think it's going and how will this research be used? Okay, uh, very good question. Um, it has taken, uh, when you go down the path of supporting um, highest quality research that has among its aims several you know, very complicated issues. For example, uh, we wanted very much to integrate the development economics community into this work, not have it done by, uh, by the public health or the demographic community, because we felt that there had been enough research that was preaching to the choir, if you will. Right and that the standards of evidence over time that the uh, public health and demographic community had tried to produce didn't pass muster with key stakeholders, namely the economists in the development banks, such as the World Bank or the Africa Development Bank, the other regional development banks, nor with ministers of finance and planning in developing countries uh, and these are the key ministries involved in negotiations for development cooperation. So we actually spent um, probably about 18 months consulting with development economists of different persuasions to try to get them to reach consensus on um, the questions that they would like to see answered that would help us understand the impact of reproductive health status on household poverty, and also on demographic factors and on economic growth. That was a very time-consuming process. And to get development economists to agree on anything um, was much more difficult than we had anticipated. So that took about 18 months. Then it took about another 18 months to it, uh, make the, the right grants that would ensure 
um, you know, excellent peer review processes, you know, the quality control that would need to be maintained to um, make sure that the evidence that was produced would be acceptable to these audiences. So um, where we are now is we're only just beginning to get initial results from the first cohort of studies. The overwhelming majority of the studies are still underway and will be rolling out over the next one, two, three years. And just following up on, um, you know, linking the family planning to economic development and preaching, you know, outside the choir, as you say, um, can you talk more about the links between family planning and poverty reduction, a connection that might not be obvious or apparent to, you know, some who aren't in this field? Right. Well, our field is very used to looking at the impact of poverty on reproductive health. We know poor women, uh, women who are less educated, have much worse reproductive health outcomes. So it was important to us to, talk, to turn this equation the other way around. We feel instinctively, or we feel it just makes perfect sense, that when um, a woman in her peak economically protective years, given that the burden of ill health is related to reproduction in some way, that there has to be some link that can connect back to the well-being of her household, the economic well-being of her household. But we found surprisingly little good research out there, but the links would could go in many ways. Um, you know, for example, there are about 20 million um, unsafe illegal abortions that occur annually in the world, of which about 5 million result in a long-term health impact on the woman. So some of this work that we have supported is looking both at the impact of um, unsafe abortion, which is almost entirely preventable by better family planning, better health services for women. What burden does that pose on health systems? What does it mean that those health systems otherwise couldn't do because they have to invest in helping women suffering from unsafe abortion? And now we're trying to um, see if we can link that to, uh, for some of the more serious disabilities, to the um, well-being of a woman's household. So that's the type of link that we're talking about. The ability to, um, when a woman is able to control the number and timing of her children, what difference does that make to investments that are then freed up in that household for health, for education, for other resources that could improve the well-being of the household. And, and some, of that, some of those studies are nearing completion and should add to the knowledge of the field. And is there a particular example of a country that has implemented this on a, you know, a large scale and seen its yeah, yeah. poverty reduced? Well, I think that Jay himself, PRB, did an excellent summary of the work that T. Paul Schultz did looking at the MATLAB a region of Bangladesh and documented that the capacity to uh, control fertility caused, and causal links are really important here, an increase in household income. And that is tremendously important research to be able to show to ministers of finance and planning. Um, similarly, 
we know from the experience of the East Asian tigers that their capacity to uh, the investments that they made in family planning back in the day in the 60s uh, put in place a virtuous cycle whereby women's health was improved. There were a smaller uh, number of children, absolute number of children that needed educating. Um, how the age structure of the population changed so that it could take advantage of the demographic dividend. And so on a macro level, economists such as David Bloom and David Canning have concluded that up to 40% of the economic growth of the East Asian tigers in the 60s and 70s and um, was promoted by um, age structure change, by demography. Finally, uh, what research or areas are you personally interested in? Well, I'm um, particularly interested in looking at the impact of unsafe abortion on household poverty. We've managed to support work that looks at it on the impact of unsafe abortion on the resources of the health sector. And since we know that there are 5 million abortions a year, almost all of them to the lowest income women, that lead to long-term health disabilities, I think the next stage is to look at how that might affect well-being, economic well-being of, of very fragile households, which have limited ability to withstand economic shock. Now, how that all, all pans out, how those relationships um, are connected to one another. It should be interesting to see how these research findings uh, turn out. So thank you very much for joining us. And we're, we're very appreciative of the role PRB has played in helping us with this research portfolio. And um, PRB in general, and Bill Butts in particular, has been extremely helpful to us in terms of the communication and policy dialogue components of this work. And we appreciate that a great deal. Oh, thank you. And, of course, we always appreciate the Hewlett Foundation's support of our communications work as well. Okay, thanks very much, Eric. Okay, thank you very much. And you can visit the Popov Research Network website at www.poppov.org.